0: How can we grow thriving creative businesses without constantly hustling, sacrificing our mind, body, and creativity, or living a life where the fear of where the next client or customer will come from keeps us up at night, or disconnected from our family, friends, and passions? This show is going to answer those questions. My name is Naftala Roberts, and I specialize in helping true creatives like yourself simple, strategic and thriving creative businesses. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's jump on in. So excited for today's interview. I'm excited because our guest today is one a delightful human being. But because her journey, like so many of your journeys into the world of life creative and making money, doing what you're led, hasn't been what you would imagine as a, quote, traditional path. Our guest today, 10 years ago, was a banker and going to school to get her MBA. During that time, she started painting here and there, and she started to realize that this painting that she was doing that at first was just this fun outlet to express herself when she was stressed at work and stressed in school could actually be something she made money doing. Now, this is not a success overnight story. In fact, our guest today has taken a deliberate step-by-step path to build what is now a thriving business as a creative. But in that process, she has really taught herself and now teaches others to see new things, both in their lives, and in their businesses. Our guest today is Chelsea Rogers, the owner of Color Hype, which I will let her explain all of it, is an amazing business that she has built from the ground up by constantly looking at what her clients need, pushing Back against the status quo within her small niche community and being really intentional to grow not because she thinks she should, but grow as her business and her life allows. Chelsea shares so much wisdom and so much encouragement in this episode. And I cannot wait to hear how her experience of practicing the art of seeing new things is going to transform one, how you live your life, but two, how you are taking this life creative journey intentionally and on purpose. So grab something to drink, put those earbuds in, sit back and enjoy our interview today with Chelsea Rogers. Hi, I am so excited to be talking to you today and I'm going to get us jumping into sharing how you built your thriving creative business. But before you jump in,
1: would you share with our audience who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, My name is Chelsea Rogers and I own a company called Color Hype. I started it um, about a year, actually two years ago, uh, January 2018. Mm -hmm. And it has grown from a small little side gig of hosting maybe three to four classes a month to now 17 to 20 classes a month. And just in January of this year I 'm completely sold out with over three hundred spots. so wow, yeah, keeping that um, the classes open fast enough is my mm-hmm. struggle now. so I have really built this thing, um, this business from the ground up, and it's it's really cool. To see people really value the types of things that i'm offering that are different than your normal paint and sip. So I think that's where I have kind of gotten under the rug a little bit as far as figuring out how to keep return business coming back to Mm. me. So, yeah. So tell me
0: a little bit about, like you said, that color hype is different than your traditional paint and sip and that you've really recognized that that niche is what Probably has allowed for your business to grow and thrive more because there is that um, continuation of returning customers. You're not always having to hustle for new clients and customers. Talk to me about did you know that from day one? Was that a process that you learned? Kind of what has that journey been for you?
1: Right. No, it is definitely something that's been learned. When I first started doing classes, I, so I have three parts of my business I have acrylic pouring. Um, which is going to catch everyone's attention. Everyone loves the wow factor of acrylic pouring. Um, And then I have alcohol inks. And within my inks classes, I have about five tangents. So five different versions of that class, Mm -hmm. which again are wowing classes, very beautiful, colorful classes that also play into my brand, Color Mm Eye. And then I have Paint Your Pet. So Mm -hmm. um, every single class that someone comes to, they have choice. I hated whenever I was teaching your normal paint and sip classes that everybody would come in and they would get frustrated with how their piece didn't look like mine, but my piece didn't even look like my example, <laughs> and, you know, in the moment you're painting. And and so people would leave frustrated or I would hear later that it just ended up in their garage and they didn't really, mm. you know, it's just like everyone else is in the class. So they don't really care about it too much. It doesn't really go with their decor. So I wanted more of an experience for people. I wanted more of a we're not just coming here to paint a pretty picture, we're coming here to learn something really cool. And so that's where my pouring and my inks come in. And then with Paint Your Pet, again, they have choice. So they get to send me their photo and I give them four options to choose from. And then from there, I sketch it, I give them notes, I give them the exact colors they need. I basically handhold them through yeah. the entire process. Mm-hmm. But in the end, the results are phenomenal. So. that 's
0: amazing, and I 'm definitely going to make sure that we have some copies of some pictures yeah, of yeah. the different work that your clients have done, and yes. um, when we 'll highlight them like in the Facebook community as well as on our different social platforms so that people can yeah. see like awesome. the awesomeness about that. But I would be curious, like as you kind of built this business, like um, I know that you said at the beginning, did you do more of the traditional model or when you actually moved into business, you were like, no, I'm not going to be traditional?
1: Right. So in the very beginning, um, I was still doing traditional. So um, I think in January of 2018, I was doing very, very basic. um, Everybody was following me kinds of classes. Mm -hmm. We were painting a beach scene or whatever. And then um, I kind of was like, oh, people might like cows. And so (laughs) I was like, maybe we'll paint a cow. And so I had a little bit of success with that. But Mm -hmm. then uh, we got a dog and I painted my dog one day. He is a mini Mm -hmm. schnauzer. And I put that out on the Facebook and people were like, oh, you could teach us how to pay our pet. And and, and I'm telling you, in the beginning of every single class that I attempt, it's always that, oh my gosh, I'm crazy. I am insane um, to think that I could teach every single different person in this room how to make their pet look amazing. Mm. So, but I think you have to be a little crazy. You have to be a little off your rocker to really attempt this. And and to know that you can see success at the end. Mm. Or, you know, maybe it doesn't it's not successful. You know, you have to learn from those things. There are lots of things that I learned my very first class of doing a paint your pet that I have since then switched, right? In yeah. the very beginning, I didn't give them the exact colors they needed at the class. Mm-hmm. I kind of just Um, sometimes had them mix their paint. That stressed me out, you know, trying to teach them how to mix paint. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it, I learned from every single class, you know, now paint your pet. I can't even, I can't even tell you how many, I, I average probably 150 teaching people 150 a month. Right. So just to paint your pet, just to paint your pet. Like that's not even my acrylic pouring. That's Mm -hmm. not my inks or anything like that. So to keep them coming back, they see value, they see mm-hmm. the, uh, they understand that I'm going to walk them through it and I'm going to yeah. be there to help them through um, anything they're going to run into. But yeah, I learn things every single time with acrylic pouring, I learn mm-hmm. how to make it look better the next time, right or how how can I switch this up? How can I make a little bit different so that this person will come back to do it again? Yeah, yeah.
0: And how often do you get return clients and Like of the Um, 300
1: spots that
0: you were filled for
1: January, how many people are returning? returning? I would probably say about a hundred of those have been to a class before. I would say probably 200 are probably brand new. And as far as like how I get return business, I actually have a book that I I started using halfway through the year last year. Um, Mm. Because what I realized was, well, and two, I go to a lot of, I'm mobile, so I go to a lot of new locations all the time. So I was walking into these like breweries and wineries and saying, listen, I do these classes and they're so different from everyone else, but you should just understand they're they're different, you know, and being like, but everybody says they do classes and they say they're all really good. And I'm like, no, no. And So I had to get out my phone and so unprofessional, I would be zipping through my phone and figuring out which one to show them. So I had, my sister's a photographer and she prints photo books for her clients. And mm-hmm. so I Had her print me a little photo book with all the examples of different classes. And Mm -hmm. so now I not only use that when I go and sell myself to a new uh, venue, but I also put that at classes. So it's sitting there with other works like on easels and Mm -hmm. they can just come up and they flip through it. So a lot of times when they sign up for a paint your pet, they might think that's all I do. Um, Mm. and so when they come in, they don't know that I also probably even the same day have taught an acrylic pouring class right before them or Mm -hmm. after, or an inks class. And so they can just sit and flip through my book and they're like, Oh man, I really want to do that one. Let's do that one next. So social media plays a huge role in the repeat business. Mm Um, I post every single, after every single class before and after, even if I'm double booked, I will like. Right before the class, I'll make a post, like, get excited, be looking for them. Right after the class, I post the results of all of my people holding their pieces very up close, very Mm -hmm. vibrant, very bright. And then um, I go into the next class and then I teach it and then I... Make sure not always post. And it's it's hard. It's really hard. I was going to say, that sounds like
0: a lot, but it it sounds like you've looked at that process and Mm -hmm. I'm guessing you've probably evaluated, like, is there value to this? Like, should I keep doing this even if it's a lot? And what I'm hearing you say is that you have analyzed that process and realized Mm -hmm. that it does bring enough value to keep it up. That if it didn't, like, but because you know that, the core, the heart and the mission of what you do is so much this bringing color and individuality Mm -hmm. to this and letting people confidently do it. Um, One of the shifts that I heard and just even the people that you have coming to the classes Mm -hmm. from the beginning of January 2018 to now is that you've learned to listen to what, you need, but also what they need. And they needed differences that allowed them to not leave feeling frustrated, but leaving feeling inspired and confident. And I love that just rhythm of listening. So talk to me about your journey to do this, because a lot of people are like, I'm creative. I don't run businesses. Yeah. have. yeah. You started this a couple of years ago and I know you and I have talked a little bit about yeah. this and I think it's a really unique journey. So talk to me about kind of sure. your history and the path to get to having a thriving creative business right now. Sure.
1: Yeah. So I actually have an MBA. So going into a creative business is not something that I would have never, I would never have thought that I would be doing that. Um I'd mm-hmm. say, It's a huge change and shift from what I originally had planned for my life. So 10 years ago, I was in banking and exactly 10 years ago, I was also pregnant with my son. And Mm so I was trying to figure out like, is this really what I want for my life? Is banking you know, at that point, I think I was working with repossessions and things like that. And so mm. it was hard, it was a hard life, you know, job to deal with that kind of thing. Yeah, it had that kind of pressure on you. And so my sister was a teacher at the time, an elementary teacher. And she's like, you should get into teaching. You, you th- I think you would be a good teacher. And so I got into math teaching first, because that's the first thing. But before that, I just started painting one day. It's really random how it even started. And people always wonder, you know, did you go to school for art? Did you, I actually never even took um, a high school art class or um, a college art class. I had Mm -hmm. one college art class, which was an art history. And Mm -hmm. the most that we did was Pollock painting. So we like splattered paint on the the canvas. And so, but I've always been inspired by artists, Um, Mm -hmm. but because I couldn't necessarily like sit and draw a face naturally that I, I, was like i'm not an artist that's just not me you know Mm -hmm. and i love using that in my classes now because i can always and and even when i taught high school art i can i don't i I was i learned myself right like i taught i i watched lots of videos taught myself how to see things differently it did not happen overnight so i didn't like pick it up and like make this beautiful piece overnight Mm -hmm. say wow i can i can paint I I did start dabbling in it, so I started painting a little bit here and there. I have naturally just really vivid dreams, mm-hmm. and so I would paint those dreams of like what I would see, and then I would blog about them, and um, would have friends who would say, "Oh, that's so cool! I love it!" You know, and we're very intrigued by that, and then. I just slowly was like, hey, I can probably teach some people, right? Like mm-hmm. I can probably teach some people how to do this. Not necessarily teach them, but just have fun with them, right? Yeah. And so, I kind of started getting into some like church groups who wanted me to come out and do small classes. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we didn't have any of the big paint and sips around us. And yeah. So I didn't know what to charge. I I mean, mm-hmm. family- doing it at the time. So I had no one to compare myself to. So I was charging $10 a person. And sometimes I would even get about like 30 or 40 people though. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was like, Oh, this is nice. A little, a little side gig, you know, $400 mm-hmm. for a, a couple hours. And so that really kind of sparked my, my MBA to kind of come back out and think, well, maybe I can make this a business. You know, maybe I'm not the best at it right now, but maybe eventually I could be pretty mm-hmm. good contender and, and know Know more about it. And so it really just was a side thing for mm-hmm. a good eight years. And so on that journey, though, at the same time, I was, I started off teaching math for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved to DFW, which is awesome. It's a bigger, ci- bigger city. So I can, like, I have a lot more options out here yeah. um, I did in my smaller town. And so um, when we moved out here, I taught, I got my first art teaching job. Mm-hmm. And that was really just solely off my experience of, teaching side hustle business. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that was like wild to me because I was able to take the special certification mm-hmm. and get that test done. And so I started teaching art. I uh, taught at that school for two years and then mm-hmm. we moved more into the city to yeah. Frisco. And so I taught at that high school for two years as well. And it was hard to leave. I love, yeah. I love teaching in general, but teaching students and seeing them um, mm-hmm. understand and come to know something that they didn't think that they would be successful at at all. Or maybe they do every single project all year long, but then they find that one thing that makes them click and makes them want to be creative. That was so amazing. And of course I cried <laughs> quite a bit yeah, when I had but, but someone just told me in a class two days ago, he was, he came up to me He's an older guy, not older. He's probably in his forties. I don't know <laughs> older, but he said, um, he said, I just want to tell you. He said, you know, when you're young and you go and you have art class and you, you learn all those things. He's like, you, you don't realize how much you miss that. And you Mm -hmm. don't even, like he said, I probably would never even thought about it again until Mm -hmm. I came to your class and I had to sit here and I just dropped ink and I blew it around and I saw what could happen. It was just a different experience, you know, and Mm -hmm. like that to me is what's cool. He's like, (laughs) you, you're bringing that teaching aspect into adult life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that's my goal <laughs> so well I'm bringing that it,
0: there's a power in creativity there's a power yeah. and yeah it it really does trigger different parts of our brain um, and right. I think to go back to something you said at the beginning your story really it does bookend your story just being able to see things differently yeah and so you taught yourself, how to see things differently. And that Mm -hmm. was the process of you learning to awaken that artist in you and develop those skills. Like skills, whether it's within our creativity, our tactical creativity, or our business, they're learnable. Right, right. What does, what's that book? Everything's figureoutable. And I I really do believe that to be true. But the beauty that I hear in the journey is that Now you are teaching other people through art how to see things differently. And that isn't just in what happens in your room. It is in all the places in their life. And so what you do is this mission. And I, yeah, I love that. Thank you. So, Okay. So you've learned a lot and you've learned a lot and you do have this business background, but um, how have you kind of figured out in your journey things like price points? And um, I know that for a lot of the creatives and artists listening to the podcast, they always pricing is like number one right. question. I have a free guide on that link will be in the show notes for anyone interested, but like i 'm always curious to talk to people like how have you figured out what that price point is for you and how to kind of make a profit within your business?
1: Sure, I have a few things that mm-hmm. I follow for each class that I ever introduce. Um, mm-hmm. That keep my price point where I want it to be. Okay. So my average price is forty-five to fifty dollars, mm-hmm. um, depending on the type of class. Forty-five for like an acrylic pouring class is going to mm-hmm. get them two eight by ten canvases that they mm-hmm. can pour on for a forty-five dollar inks class, it's going to give them a big board, but we also practice on two smaller papers Mm -hmm. so that they can kind of feel it out before they jump on the board. And then my paint your pet ranges from 50. It might even be going up to 55, 60, depending. I mean, there's so much work that goes into it. Um, Yeah. So as far as like how do I keep and know my profit? I actually have broken each class way down. This is my business background going into it, but love it. Um, I bring it, break it way down. And I never do a class that costs me more than $15 per person to like, if it costs more than that, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do the class. And so there are a lot of things because I think that's a sweet spot, 45, mm-hmm. 50, someone will pay that. But when you hit over that, mm-hmm. they have to really, thinking about that as mm-hmm. something they want to do um, yes. that whenever they leave there, that it's going to be something they want to keep forever, yeah. um, you know? And so I think you're, you, you've reached that little point and I also have mm-hmm. cheaper ones. So like if they mm-hmm. want to just do one eight by 10 canvas and an acrylic pouring, that's like 35, 38, depending. Yeah. Um, and so in that $15 range, it includes all of my supplies It includes if I have to pay someone uh, like an assistant or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I break that down. If I have to purchase a drink, because I go to a lot of breweries and wineries Mm -hmm. and the way I kind of figure out my venues is if they're going to charge me to be in the space Mm -hmm. and they're not going to give my customer any added value, then maybe I'm not going to go there. So so I will choose um, a venue that will let me buy them a drink. Instead mm-hmm. of, you know, buy them something that I can kind of give them my customer added value to. So mm-hmm. it's more of an experience, you know, like yeah. they come in, they do the class, they're getting their drink, they're having fun with their friends and family, they're not worried. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, that kind of chills them out just a little bit. Um, yeah.
0: So it helps you. It helps it helps, me. It helps <laughs> you figure out like I, I love it because I love yeah. that every decision you've yes. talked through making. Yes, you you have your numbers, but you also listen to that. Like, I don't like this. I don't want everybody to be high stress and anxious and yeah, frustrated.
1: Definitely. Why would make, I want to teach a class like
0: that? <laughs> but some people don't take that into consideration. Yes. And that's part of the yep. process I take creatives through in making business choices, Um, like in the day-to-day moments and mm-hmm. creating a thriving business is you have to know your numbers. Like you can't just go on intuition. Yeah. Right. But you can listen to that sensation and l- let's not set up a strategy where you make a lot of money, but you hate your job every day because yeah. you're dealing with frustrated, angry people. Right. Um. If you're going right. to chill them out, give them a beer, you know, yeah. I'm not <laughs> supporting alcoholism. Right. By way. right.
1: <laughs> Please do not message me. I am not <laughs> supporting that. Because they can get eliminated too. Most of the places they just, you know. It yeah. just includes something for them. Yeah. I want to give back to my customer in some way. And mm-hmm. so that at the venue, at the whatever, wherever I'm going, that that would probably pretty much be what they would charge me to be in the space. Yeah. And so that helps um, both of us kind of connect. And I'm in places that people want to be. So I only look for locations. I used to like go to like you know restaurants and find mm-hmm. their little room in the back. But that was just kind of, well, first of all, I got too big for that. But it wasn't really like an experience. So most of the places I go to, we're going into like the tap room in the back, you know, and they see yeah. all the stuff. Or we can go to a restaurant called Hula Hut, who where like the the windows open and feels like you're on the beach, you know. And it, mm. So I'm looking, for, I look for locations that people want to go to that mm-hmm. draw them in, and I realize that people in different locations have different, you know, their choices might be much more limited than mine, but. Yeah in general that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for some place that everybody hangs out at <laughs> and if that means i have to go there on a wednesday night or a monday night mm-hmm. to get my class numbers in, you know if i if i can squeeze my way in somehow in that space on a weird night then i'll do that
0: yeah and because you have that price point you're like, right. I don't want to charge more than 15. I mean, not that you're charging, but like, I don't want to pay more than 15 per right. class because then that keeps your profit level um, at a place that makes it worthwhile for you. Right. Um, now, are there other things that you said there was a couple factors when you kind of set your prices? Is your cost the base of it, or are there a couple other things you look at?
1: I, I don't know. As far as I, I kind of look to see what they would pay, you know, like what would I want to pay when yep. I go into something? Mm-hmm. I compare, I look at my competitors and see yep. okay, what are they doing? I don't have anyone that competes with me in all three things mm-hmm. where I'm at, but I do have acrylic pouring competitors mm-hmm. or Apex competitors, yeah. um, or even paint your pet. And so I see what, what can I do that maybe is a little better for them in this mm-hmm. scenario. So those are really the major things that I look at when I'm um, you know, as far as like pricing to things, Mm -hmm. like if my products completely change, I've had some that for certain classes that I just can't get anymore because they were coming from Canada being shipped down and they just Mm -hmm. don't ship them to America anymore. And so, you know, there are a lot of, lots of different factors that, and, but you know, the next best, product for that type of class is, you know, going to cost me probably $5 more per thing. So I just can't, you know, like yeah. there, are, there are lots of things I just kind of have to say, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got enough great things I'm mm-hmm. on the good things that um, come from these classes. And if, if a product shows up at my doorstep and I figure out that I can now offer that again, then all these people who've been waiting on it mm-hmm. will be excited to jump back in. So that's great.
0: I love yeah. that you don't <laughs> feel or maybe you don't let yourself be driven by um, yeah. the anxiety that can come when we have to make changes, um, right. especially those changes that we don't believe we choose, like when a product changes or we can't yeah. have access. Um, and I think it can be easy to try to push through that and be like, I want to figure it out. And that's where well, I do that
1: sometimes. but. <laughs> I did call the supplier in Canada <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> just
0: to making sure is not continuing to offer the class, even though you're paying so much more per for right. the next best product.
1: Yeah. There's a difference. There is a difference. Being
0: resourceful is yeah. healthy. We can thrive, and we do thrive when we are resourceful. Right don't thrive when we don't listen to like the actual numbers and the actual supply. Right. Um, and we don't listen to the fact that that's going to make us feel so bad every time we run that class because we know that our profit margin is not to the level that we need it to be. Um, and right. so we need to have a level in that. Right. Oh my goodness, we have had so many fun things that we've talked about today yes. and I know we could talk for so long. But I do want to kind of work on wrapping up. So I was curious because I know that for so many of us, we can get to a place in our business and we start to think, oh, well, Chelsea, she like has it all together. Like she has this business and she's thriving. So I was curious for you, um, as you move forward in your business and you're looking to either expand or automate or simplify things in your business going forward, what is a place that maybe you've had questions about or felt stuck or felt scared lately.
1: I, and I just want to be clear. I, I think people see me as that too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially people in my area that kind of, mm-hmm. uh, kind of compare that a little bit. And I have grown so fast. So, mm-hmm. and I actually have just licensed to a girl in Texarkana. Uh, her Yay! name is Jay. And so she like, Shay like handles, she does all of the color hype classes there. Um, I'm looking to expand further in Texas with that comes a lot of responsibility on me to yeah. have to, you know, get them off the ground there, you know, mm-hmm. go into town and, and see that their, are you know, starting off point is good and that they have mm-hmm. everything they need. And, and that all of my stuff is automated so they can just like go back and look at a video to help them. But I think, you know, a lot of it comes down to now, like for instance, this morning, I had someone send me a picture of a way that someone does a paint your pet in Canada. And It just like woke me up and I'm like, why am I not doing that? But Mm -hmm. that in itself will help automate and make it to where I'm not sitting. Because right now I sketch everything or I pay someone to sketch that. It will literally, you know, cut down all of that prep time that I'm having to do. And so having that kind of process and jumping on those processes, I think is um, Mm -hmm. key in me whenever I saw that photo, I figured out, how can I do that? How can I make that work? And I sought out someone who can actually make that work for me. And so that's probably going to be my next step. And so I think that you just don't stop when you hit those walls, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody hits walls. Everybody hits those things where I could get to this point where I'm, you know, like doing these 17 to 20 classes and people, you know, still are like, why, why don't you have more spots? I want more spots. I want to go to that Mm -hmm. class that day, you know? And I could let that get to me or I could just let them kind of like simmer for a little bit. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, it could continually sell out all year long, you know, and just me continue to find ways that helps it move better. But I don't want to overstress myself. I don't want to get to the point where I am so dog tired that I can't Mm -hmm. even function because uh, people need me to do more classes. Right. So I'm constantly looking for hiring teachers in the area mm-hmm. and that can do things. And, and it's not easy. It's not easy, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to get them the supplies? Do I get them their own supplies? You know, are they, yeah. if they're going to go teach a, we're a mobile business. And so I don't have my anything to really compare to as far as like mobile painting classes um, that do what I do that aren't just one thing or we're just painting with acrylic paint. I'm all things like creative. And so like sending mm-hmm. them out into the world and saying, okay, you go teach that class over there. It's hard. Yes. That's my next step is figuring all that out. And mm-hmm. it'll just make me a better business person, but maybe a better leader and um, mm-hmm. and understanding everything and I just won't give up. So,
0: <laughs> I love that you, you have such determination and you have such kind of, peace about it. You know, there can be that hustly, uncomfortable, gritty. Yeah, story. yeah. And then there can be that paced growth where you're like, right. okay, no, I did see this and I'm going to push into this process and I know that there's going to be a lot that goes into changing how I do it, but I can see in the long run right the benefit to it and not yes. getting scared by new experiences and mm-hmm. scared by learning that you've been doing it a way that's less effective than this other person. I think it could be yeah. easy in that space to shame cycle and be like, Oh, why didn't I think of that? And I've right. been doing it the wrong way. Um, not really the wrong way, but we label things wrong so often. And I love right. that you're just like, no, I did it the best I knew how. And now I'm going to shift that.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So
0: awesome. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So for anyone that is listening, that is either kind of in your area or in any of the areas you're expanding into, and or someone that maybe is in Texas and is like, I want to do this model. And I'd love to talk to you more about getting licensed to do this. Where can they find you? Where can they connect with
1: you? They can find me uh, on Facebook at, at paint with color hype and on Instagram, the same thing, paint mm-hmm. with color hype. My email address is Chelsea C H E L S E Y at Paintwithcolorhype.com. And yeah, I Texas is where I'm starting at and then um, we'll see if we want a franchise after that. And but that's our that's our goal is to to see it in all over the country. I'm so excited. I've I want you to come
0: to Burbank, California right now because I yeah. am not a painter in any way. People, my friends that listen, know that I have the art skills of like a preschooler. Like my preschool <laughs> three-year-old daughter, who is artistic and wants to be an artist when she grows up, is more skilled yeah. in her <laughs> drawing than I am. But listening to your pouring and your blowing, I'm yeah. <laughs> I want to do that. That is like me sort of art. So maybe I need to make a trip to Texas. And I also need to tell my aunt about you because I'm just remembering she lives in the area.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today and pouring into our community. I really appreciate it to everyone that's listening. I hope that you got as much out of our time with Chelsea as I did. Have a great day, and we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I really appreciate you for being a part of the movement that this show is built upon, which is liberating creatives and artists from their feast or famine cycle so that they become Creatives who consistently make money doing what they love without the hustle, bustle, and burnout that has sadly become common for too many building creative businesses. You are amazing for going against the status quo and choosing to be a creative who is defined by thriving instead of how many things you have to do on your to-do list today. If you haven't joined the movement yet, Simply review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and share your review on Instagram stories. By sharing and reviewing, you are helping way more creatives learn it is possible to make consistent money doing what you love without having to constantly hustle and struggle. Together, we can change the landscape of being a creative and build the world we want for generations of creatives to come. You're such a huge part of what we are doing here and I'm so grateful for you. I will talk to
1: you soon.